welcome to Music for Elevators, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes, Beat Me. This is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago, and this week's episode is Season 3, Episode 1, and we're going to be talking about plot. We're going to be talking about characters. We're going to be talking about the homeless population of Los Angeles County. So spoilers abound for this episode, any episode before and after the comics, book, the comic books, and possibly even other shows or movies. We would never slap you on the ass and call you peaches without your consent. We made it to season three! Oh my god! I'm Kelly, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Daniel. Say hello. Wow, hello. Stacia, say hello. Hello. Everything's happening. The show's getting better. We're going to get better. Everything's going to be better, right? I mean, what a way to kick it off with Anne. Wow. Yeah, what a way to kick it off. (laughs) It's only up from here. That's right. Hell yeah. I hope you had great summers. I'm sure our characters had great summers. Uh, we definitely didn't just talk to each other a couple weeks ago. We certainly had an episode actually during the summer and not in the dying throes of summer. Uh, so a lot of time has elapsed. But what happened in uh, this episode that originally aired all the way back in September 29th of 1998? 20 years ago today. Twenty. Some would say 20 years ago today. What happened? Well, our friends, buffy have been patrolling the streets of Sunnydale on their own. And good good on them for taking care of business while Buffy's away. Impressive. Eating SpaghettiOs and being a bum. Uh, well, that's not even true. She had a great job. Buffy's working at a diner in what we all thought in our hearts. Wanted to believe in our hearts was Folkland. Uh, and, and I'm just going to say it is. For all intents and purposes. It's Folkland. Folkland. We can discuss this. Uh, but it's Folkland in my heart forever. We have to. Uh, Buffy is... Uh, a waitressing and denying all her slayer dumb as she has successfully run away from home been gone for presumably three months uh, as she's been gone from the end of the last school year to now what is the beginning of the new school year and she runs into an old i think acquaintance is a strong word person that she knows kind of lily aka chantrell aka sister sunshine uh yeah. who has a case of missing boyfriend on her hands turns out ricky love of her life tattoo of her body is actually been had the age, energy, life force sucked out of him, turned into a husk of an old man to die in an alley after drinking Drano. Drink cleaner. Drink cleaner. And Buffy is recruited by Lily Chantrell, Sister Sunshine, to find out what happened to Ricky. Uh, in the course of this, she encounters Ken, who is running the most legit named shelter charity of all time, Family Home. Definitely non-suspect. And it turns out, oh, it's a hell dimension where we're actually stealing people off the street and making them work until they die. Uh, Buffy goes down into a pit of CG goo, kills everybody, and saves the day. Uh, well, not Ricky, because Ricky's dead as hell. And then goes home with her tail between her legs, because she got her shit back together and needs to go home. Needs to get the hell out of Oakland. So that's about it. We The best parts of the episode were hanging out with her friends, but we don't see them too much, unfortunately. So... So this episode, written and directed by Joss Whedon, um, he's going to do a couple, obviously, throughout the season. If you guys don't know who that is, then why are you watching this show? Um, a couple of firsts, we get Buffyless patrolling. Uh, Willow is the de facto leader, which will end up being the case in season 6-2 when this happens again after Buffy dies at the end of season 5. Um, first first sight of a hell dimension, I believe. I can't pinpoint another time. I know we've talked about other dimensions, but I think this is the first time we actually see one. Uh, and we mentioned time passing differently in different dimensions, as Ken will tell us. Uh, a day there is many, many years in uh, our reality. Uh, first time Oz is in the credits. First remastered version of the theme song. I think we might get another one uh, in season five. First appearance of the official Buffy logo. No more weird Comic Sans E Buffy. It's the cool, like, gothic-style Buffy lettering. Boy, I'm glad we showed up for depressing night. A couple fun facts, though. Parts of the homeless montage, you know the one, in this episode are actually used in the opening credit scene of Angel. Um, because why wouldn't why? you? Just reason. Well, because the whole the opening credits thing of Angel's all, like, sad people... Oh, and man, 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 it's sad, sad, yeah, sad. Classic. It's really easy to sing along with. Um, the place that Buffy is living in is actually in Los Angeles. 
not fake Oakland. But really, in our hearts, that's what it is, because it's never named. But apparently, it's 11th Street and Broadway. But is it in anyone else's heart? I don't think it's in anyone else's. If it's in your heart, people listening to this podcast, let us know. If you thought it was Oakland, too. Yeah. We were under the impression it was Oakland. Maybe not you, Stacia. Never. never I was the one who called it out. That's what I mean. Are you sure she's in L.A.? No one else put Folkland and made it a central tenant of their Buffy watching experience. Just just me. I think it's Giles threw everyone off. Right, he really went, ruined it. He said he was going to go visit Oakland to find a girl, and then you think... Oh, oh. and Drunk Daniel ran. Ran with it. And then Buffy. just got it into me, too. And I was like, yeah, of course it's Oakland. Yeah. Because they never say. I assumed it was L.A., kind of, just because. Like, no, I mean, I've got, feels. I've got feelings about it right. not being L.A., and I hate it. I hate that it's just L.A. Because it really <laughs> makes me not like Buffy, just wandering off one county over. you got to go... <laughs> Hours away. Why would you not go hours away? Well, okay, so... Why would she have to when she's got a city of, like, three million people or whatever to get lost in? So uh, where do you think Buffy lives? I mean, we've kind of, like, the reality of where Sunnydale is. People have said maybe it's Sunnyvale, California, which I don't agree with. We can all kind of agree it's a Southern California Southern town. California. In the first season, there's a map of Santa Barbara superimposed with Sunnydale on top of it. So I would assume that maybe it's Santa Barbara. I would just like to state for the record that the population of Los Angeles, the city, is 3.976 million. Good job. So she's in Santa Barbara, we're going to say. Sunnydale is Santa Barbara. LA is two hours away by bus. By sad, sad bus. (sighs) And then once you get to the outskirts of LA, it's another two hours to the city center. It's... Nothing is okay. okay. Nothing's okay. It can't be okay. What was that? That was June. Fucking, it's all they do is just like try to eat one another and then wah, wah, wah. Really? They make that sound all the time? All the time. Oh my god. Just all That's the time. a horrible sound. All they do is eat each other. <laughs> it's too all much. they do is eat each other. They just love to eat each other. I hate the sound that Winnie makes when she's like, Oh uh, yeah, me too. It's too much. June yeah. sounds like a like a, a, like a dog. dog. Yeah, like ah. Like, yeah. I can't even get that high anymore. However high Winnie is, I hate it. I forget what the question was. Well, I'm sorry that Buffy's adventure to run away from home was not far enough away for your liking. Yeah, I just, it's still, regardless of it all, it is confusing. Because if if it's not Folkland, that's fine. If it's not Oakland, that's fine. But even in Southern California, it would also not make a lot of sense because everyone there is wearing Western getup. They're all basically like... Northern Calif like Northern Californians, uh, talking in Southern accents, you know, doing the accenty thing. Everybody who comes out to help Buffy after she gets hit by the truck is wearing like fucking plaid shirts tucked into their Car boots hearts. and exactly. And so there's like this element of like Northern, not Calif- uh, San Francisco, California, but Northern California, that's like here. But then in every shot, it's like an urban 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 setting like more urban than even sunnydale like we're talking a city so it gets me thinking like what cities do you have it's like well you have yeah los angeles for sure but then even oakland but after oakland there's nothing with that that high rise those were high rises Mm -hmm. those were big buildings these are alleys sacramento sacramento yeah sacramento sure is out there yeah why not i mean any one of those but san diego no it's south of yeah. LA, but but still like that, that those Chico. all <laughs> West Covina they all work <laughs> so I just want to hold on to Folkland I want to hold on to Oakland um, and I hold on to Oakland later on in the show because for me the whole time watching it despite Giles just saying we didn't find it we just saw some some people with their extreme haircuts and their extreme music uh, I, I want to believe I just want to believe well, I think, unfortunately, Daniel, we're going to have to call R.I.P. on Folkland 2018. Well, it could run five years. I mean, after this, Folkland's over. So, I mean, really, it's just it one episode that I okay. hold on to dearly. It always drove me nuts that I just refused to say where she was. Like, just never say... Why? What does I that think because it was unrelevant. Irrelevant. Yeah. Unrelevant. That, too. <laughs> well, and then there's also evidence of, uh, of Chantrell, Sunshine, uh, Anne, future Anne, uh, being an angel, she's an angel. She shows <laughs> up in LA, so there is some precedence to say that she, in fact, became Anne, stayed Anne, and stayed in LA. Chanterelle was part of my exotic phase. It's nice. It's a, it's a mushroom. It is. That's really embarrassing. 
So I think that's probably the most powerful evidence that we have that it is in fact, somewhere in LA. But it's still just kind of corny in the end, no matter what. Well, we've had three months off, just like our friends in the show. What do you think that they've been up to for these last three months based on our very limited evidence? I've got some I've got some takes on that. Go for it. I'm gonna start with the lowliest people in the show. So Xander? No. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get that. We'll get there. We're going to start though with the teacher in the hallway. That's right. We're going that low. Remember the teacher in the hallway that screams out? Uh, So he spent the summer waiting for the fast running times of summer to end so that we can be somber again. He loves fall to be somber. This is the time for somber. Summer was the time for fast running down the hallways. So he was very excited. That's how he spent his summer. Larry? Larry got in the best shape of his entire life. <laughs> he is all about the egg whites. And as long as people don't get murdered at Sunnydale, they're going to have a great year. I'll be honest, I don't really know what Larry does this year. Larry is still a character, right? He still shows up on the show. Yeah, he's, he's in a couple episodes. Okay. Yeah. And he has like... Well, good... he's actually even in The Wish. He's like, in the alternate universe, he's one of the white hats. He's like one of the guys that fights... The the, uh, the master and everything. Yeah, I'm gonna say his name is Mr. Miller just for the for the. Oh, he actually yeah. has a name. Yeah, because he does show up again in uh, Band Candy and in uh, I'm pretty sure in Band Candy. I'm pretty sure he's one of the guys that's drunk and singing Louie Louie at the Bronze. Amazing. And uh, he's in Graduation Day at the end where he's like, I know it's the last day of school, but I need all of your attention. And then like, so you think he's doing writing something important on the board, and then it's Hangman. Everybody has a good laugh because he gets it. So he so he really does imbibe like when he goes for summertime. He goes for summer hard doing yeah. hangman, but mm-hmm. when it's school time, it's somber time. Wow, that guy really knows how to delineate his life. Nobody wants to be there. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I have mad respect for that guy. Giles, Giles went on nine leads for Buffy over the summer. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, I wonder what kind of adventures he went on that we didn't get to see. Uh, how long do you think the flight from Santa Barbara to Oakland would be? Definitely an hour. He says he's gonna get a meal. Yeah. Bullshit. There's no way. There's 90, absolutely no way. 1998. I mean, no, maybe he's on like a small that, plane. They're not busting out the like service carts for an hour long flight. It's just not gonna happen. Mm. I mean, I've been on hour long flights. They don't do shit. They'll give you a drink. I they mean, on the Hawaiian Air flights, we got a little juice copy that had a lid on it and everything. So you just throw them at you. Like yeah, my flight from Minneapolis to Sioux Falls is an hour, and they brought nothing. Yeah. And usually, yeah. it's on a tiny plane. You you drive on the small plane, the fifty seater. Oh, yeah. You know, so they don't even have cars. No meal service. So, Giles, sorry. That was bullshit. I don't know why you said that. So, that makes us now think that it's not Santa Barbara. Maybe, Maybe it's, it's further, further away. away. Yeah. Like, what? Maybe they didn't think that hard about it. <laughs> <laughs> when they were like, hey, what do you do on planes? Eat. Maybe they just needed a quip for him to say. They just needed some filler. I just, I, for some reason, I don't think that's right. I, no, that's absolutely it's, right. I never thought twice about it. It was a subliminal message about <laughs> Sunnydale's true location, what city it's actually based on. Ooh. I'm going to say Santa Barbara. Maybe it's Joss Whedon saying, I'm going to throw off their scent in the future Oh, on this podcast. One of the things that makes me think Santa Barbara is that it's so close to the beach, because they have gone to the beach to go fish. Yeah. For their like hangout for like after school. Not that they couldn't drive a distance to go there, but I just I think it did seem like it was maybe close. But yeah. also they only do that like the one time. They never go and just hang out on the beach. They do one well to this this dream sequence with the angel thing. That was the only time we've seen them in daytime at the beach until season five. They hang out on the beach during Buffy. My Saturday. biggest question though is that does Santa Barbara exist in this world? I don't know. Okay, no one said the word Santa Barbara, but they right. also don't say. Okay, so they don't say I that imagine. Montana exists. Then exactly. So, all right, so we have to assume it does exist, which means that the University of California, UC Santa Barbara, does exist. That's a real college. So if Santa Barbara is where Sunnydale is, even as a neighborhood of Santa Barbara, why does the University of Sunnydale exist? Because it's, it's how can it have a university, university of Santa next Barbara? Door? But they just pretend. I need evidence that Santa Barbara has been just obliterated from the map. <laughs> you can have multiple colleges in the same city. And besides, it doesn't happen until season seven. Evidence, Portland. No, no, I know you can have multiple, but like, well, I don't know. I just can't get behind. Well, and Sunnydale does grow by leaps and bounds and has a mall that nobody can account for. Listen, there's too much. <laughs> Moving and on. And a beach that is sometimes there. Sometimes there, <laughs> okay. sometimes not. I have to say, growing up in Oregon, we don't have a beach, we have the coast, which is not a place that you go to hang out. For fun every day. I feel like even if you live on the coast, that's not what you're doing. Yes. But 
Because it's live pleasant in, to be there. But if you live in Southern California or perhaps Florida, <laughs> would you um, go to the beach on a daily basis? Would that be like the hangout spot that high schoolers would go do? And is it weird that we never see Buffy doing that? She's just too busy hanging out in graveyards or is like literally no one going to the beach? Yeah. Because it should be a nice beach. I grew up less. I, it was a further drive. I mean, it was less of a drive from where I grew up to the beach than I live currently. And I go about as much. Yeah. And I went to college 45 minutes from the beach. And I never went either. So, yeah, the beach not well, being mean, there is fine. But like, they don't I have mean, to hang out at the know. beach. I don't know. The way but... they said it, like, it's not like Buffy has a car. Someone had to drive her or she to couldn't go to the walk. Beach. Yeah. So, it's like either the beach is, like, at the edge of the city limits by the docks, right? We have docks. Oh, docks. Why aren't there? Maybe that's where the beach is. I don't know. But if not... How do they have docks? I guess there's a river that runs through Sunnydale we never see. I have a huge problem with that because that doesn't match up to the geography of California. So we have a lot of problems. So they must be on the beach somewhere, but then they never go. And they don't have a but they don't have a river. That's and because yeah. again, Santa Barbara then doesn't get to exist. Long Beach doesn't get to exist. One of these towns that has a dock and a pier has to go away so that Sunnydale can take it over. That's not fair. What about all those people? Not into it. Moving on. Joyce. Lovely Joyce. Our favorite character, Joyce. Favorite. She was, hard scare quotes, worried about Buffy. She justifies not being able to leave the house because Buffy would, of course, call. She does not blame Buffy for leaving, but she does blame Giles. Naturally. Joyce, you mustn't blame yourself for her leaving. I don't. I blame you. And she rolled her eyes at the knock in the door when it was Buffy. Meaning that, like, she was annoyed at somebody when every single knock and every single phone call could be Buffy. I think she's exasperated at that point. She's gotten her hopes up so many times that it would be Buffy. Was she also fixing the dishwasher? Yeah, with a fork. She was, like, in She there. was inside the dishwasher that's, with a fork just banging around. That's another story in the Joyce Chronicles. Uh, Joyce is the worst mom ever. She could have done a lot more, and uh, I... I, I worry about what ranking well, let's just Well, let's just put this in perspective. Giles, nine trips out of the town, out of Sunnydale, looking for Buffy. Joyce never leaves the house. But she has to stay in case Buffy calls or shows up. Answering machine. <laughs> I mean, literally, though. <laughs> I guess that's true. Come it's on. Not, it's not like Buffy could She also has a, a rapport with the cops. You know, I feel like I, Buffy would not... I don't think Buffy would ever call Joyce first. Joyce would always be, like, fourth on the list of who's going to get contacted about her coming back, you know? Joyce will hear fourth hand from an offhanded comment from Xander. That's how Joyce learns Oh, Buffy's back? Yeah. (laughs) She will never be first. You know, I just, I woke up and I looked in the mirror and I thought, hey, what's with all the sin? I need to change. I'm, I'm dirty. I'm, I'm bad with the sex and the envy and that that loud music us kids listen to nowadays oh i just suck it undercover cordelia also had a great summer she went to a resort in mexico yeah big cockroaches Mm -hmm. very stereotypical Uh, lots of organized fun which she is not into uh cordelia we also learn is always bait uh she also heard about the hot little inca mummy girl in the time that we left her uh which i didn't realize was a secret thought she was like around yeah i mean she was definitely there at that dance but i guess she wasn't super tight with them and wasn't hanging out with them she was hanging out with her her fruity punchy drinking yeah was it that or was it more that like i know that she's a monster thing oh that could have been i found out that she's Mm, like the inca mummy girl like no one else would have known that she was a mummy right they just thought it was impata yeah so she could have known that he was into impata but not that but that she was also the inca she she did make that throwaway line like oh my god what monster like who could have fallen in love with over the summer it's just monsters here except oh my god he loves monsters (laughs) that's right (laughs) like that fucking mummy girl (laughs) that's a great point i kind of forgot all about that yeah how's my hair oh it's good he didn't meet anybody over the summer, did he? No. Who's he going to meet in Sunnydale? But monsters and stuff. But then again, he's always been attracted to monsters. How's my hair? Still good. Hi! Maybe he's forgotten me. Well, I'll just have to make him remember. See ya! So he, so I think she was kind of like, look, you were into a giant bug. Oh, yes. And you were into a mummy. What horror did you find this summer that you got over me with? <laughs> True. They both think so low of each other. 
What was Oz doing this summer? He wasn't going to class. <laughs> Not going to school. That's for sure. He was also killing vampires. Very cool. Good yeah. job, Oz. With That's all we know. Badass baseball bat steak. I love his. His is the best oh, his one. Oh, was great. Yeah. yeah. Very stylish. Very nice. It seems like a lot seems of work went into it. Yeah. Yeah. Baseball. When you lose, it's bad. That's all we know about Oz, though. He just didn't go to school. Presumably he was touring with dingoes up and down the coast, maybe? Well, see, I just, I don't get that a little bit. Because Willow, we also don't know a whole lot about her summer. We know, obviously, Killing Vampires, super Haircut. cool. Haircut. Uh, and she was thoroughly, thoroughly unprepared for Oz coming back to school. So that was a rift Yeah, in maybe their they little didn't see each other so much. That's what I'm saying. Maybe he was on the road, man. Ooh, but how could but you spend the summer... if he was on the road and out of the town, out of city, out... If he was on the road and out of town, there we go. Mm-hmm. She would know he wasn't going to class. Yes. That's true. Be- and another question is raised here. If they went on tour, it would have been a local tour, theoretically. Mm-hmm. That motherfucker would have went through Folkland or L.A. or wherever we're talking Spying about. Spying for Buffy. Maybe he was. Well, but listen, Dingo's... Buffy would have definitely been like, I'm going to go... I-, I know I'm sad Buffy right now, but like part of her would probably be like, I'm going to go check out that Dingo show just because that's what I do. I, I make myself available because I can't help it. I have to so observe. Oz will come. And you know what? Honestly, I feel like she would want to talk to Oz more than at that moment she would want to talk to Willow or Xander who are just going to give her like fawning support. Oz would at least be like, I'm going to be real with you, girl. Like yeah. if you want to go away and you don't want to come back, I'll keep your secret. Yeah. Like that's fine. Yeah, I'll I just agree. go back on tour. Totally so I think that if the Dingoes did tour... Buffy would have definitely sought it out. I like that story. I think that there should be fan fiction somewhere that is Oz goes on tour and <laughs> runs into Buffy and they never say a word to anyone ever. Be fun. Yeah. Well, I feel like Just he would be like, the, look, oh. I saw Buffy. I'm not telling you where. She's fine. Drop well, it. That's fair. He would definitely do something like that. Yeah, because Willow was like his whole world. So Dingo's didn't go on tour. That's what we're saying here. Yeah. Now we move on to Xander. He was also killing vampires. Oz was older than Xander well, no, they were all together because they're all it's killing. It's just we're ranking characters and character. Priority. Well, and also he has just more info here. So killing vamp because we don't know enough, we don't know enough about Oz and Willow. That's why Xander killing vampires very cool. We gotta admit, very cool. Good job for him. Okay, and the uh, second problem I'm having, come and get it, big boy. Well, well, the Slayer always says a pun or a witty play on words, and I think it throws the vampires off, and, and it makes them frightened because I'm wisecracking. Okay, I didn't really have a chance to work on that one, but you try it every time. He disbelieves how much he's going to miss Cordelia. This is just what he did this summer. He disbelieves <laughs> how much he was going to miss Cordelia. He thinks being geeky is warning people of hot makeout sessions and coming, which is gross. He harbors dark thoughts about the ignorant slut that Cordelia was, in Mexico, and obviously Cordelia has those same thoughts about him. He also has weird thoughts about Mexicans and Pedros and employment opportunities for Mexicans. Very horrible. <laughs> he is definitely a, you know, cheering for that wall later on in his life. And he sees Cordelia as bait a little too quickly, a little too easily. Dander's the worst. Yeah. He doesn't start off really. He doesn't start off good. We don't see enough of anybody for me to like be really mad at anyone trying to start a new season, but. Um, yeah, they're the same. Cordelia and Xander are just doing the same stuff right here. Okay. We got four more people. These are what they did this summer. Four more? Four, there's four more people. What did Ricky do this summer? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. Don't Ricky, last name is T. We don't know. Just I'm just, this is what we've learned. <laughs> Ricky's last name is T. He loves, this summer, he learned that he loves using the back door to the smoothie house. Movie House. Oh, is it Movie House? Not yeah. Smoothie House? Wow. Yeah. I thought Smoothie House, what a weird name for, I was like, euphemism? I don't know. Uh, we learned that his cousin has a car wash job potentially open for him. Oh, that's right. He does visit blood banks a lot. Uh, he's in trouble enough that Lily cannot go to the cops or something has happened he's this summer. He's on probation. He's on probation. Yeah. But for what? Who knows? Know. He also loves horrible tattoos. And he got a horrible tattoo this summer. That's what we learned about Ricky. The, the person that I found was old he looked about 80 well that's not ricky i'm sure it was we did we know more about ricky than we do willow which is really unfortunate it's horrible (laughs) and we can really pinpoint a lot of very specific things with ricky and also chanterelle chanterelle had quite a summer we learned a lot about her we did she was getting out of her exotic phase after being named after a mushroom sure where are her parents where are her parents dead we can only assume. Oh, because no. when, Buffy, when Buffy... Maybe their choice. When Buffy <laughs> her <and> Bruce, sisters. <laughs> she's Dawn. 
when Buffy brings it up, she's just like really cagey and weird. Just like because she's like, well, who were you before that? Oh and she's yeah, like, she didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. That's true. What what do we think about Ricky picking her name? Ricky seems like kind of a dirt. It's ball. from a song. What song, Daniel? What song do you think that's from? Lily, and the sky with diamonds. That's Lucy. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Lily, uh, she is a fan of the sugar rush. After giving blood, we learned that about her. Uh, she believes Buffy when uh, Buffy tells her that Ricky is dead, mm-hmm. and that Ricky is an old man. And literally, there's no pushback there at all. What are you doing? Breaking into your office and going through your private files. Candidate for what? I'm calling the police. Now you've got a whole bunch of candidates here. I wonder if any of them are missing like Ricky. Gosh, I bet they are. You're getting yourself in a lot of trouble. I don't want any trouble. I just want to be alone and quiet in a room with a chair and a fireplace and a tea cozy. I don't even know what a tea cozy is, but I want one. Instead, I keep getting trouble, which I am more than willing to share. What are you doing with these kids? Yeah, so I'm just really curious about the uninteresting minutia of what exactly happened for, Me too. for Buffy to end up where she did. Because, like, okay, you can get a furnished apartment. Because it's like, I don't picture a world where Buffy's going to a thrift store to furnish her studio apartment that she can barely afford. Like, it had to be furnished, okay? And yeah, she had to be lying, right? Because you, I don't even think you can rent a place by yourself unless you're 18, which she is not. She's 16. She'll be 17 this season. Christ. So... In a lot of places, you can't even work full time unless you're 18, right? Or is that not true? I don't know. I, was, I worked when I was 15, but I don't think I worked full time. I don't think they really like super care about that. Like, I think that's more just like parents won't let you do that. But I'm sure, I'm sure there's creepy people. Mitch sounds like a creepy yeah, boss absolutely. who would just like, that's fine, whatever, whoever you are, yeah. But, but not in a creepy way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she just must have lucked out. It was a series of uh, being a. A Gen Xer versus of millennial, good luck, where you could just walk down the street. There's this help wanted poster. I mean, that's more of a boomer thing, but still, like, pre internet era where everyone's screened a million times, you have to have a resume or don't even talk to me. You have to have a bachelor's or don't even talk to me. So she must have just been gotten off the Sarah McLaughlin bus in her sad overalls, found a help wanted sign on the corner of 11th and Broadway, and decided. That's what I'm doing. And then just... I've got enough money to do this, too. Like, Well, she also does have the advantage of being the slayer. Now, whether or not she was slaying while she was gone, let's say... <laughs> bring your juicy face in here. No, don't bring it in here. Bring it out. <laughs> I knew you were going to do it. And when you will lick the water off oh your God, face. It's just so, so gross. You guys are so gross. Unfortunately, the, the, the society we live in is not very kind to women, if you haven't heard. So I don't think a woman, a young girl, uh, alone by herself would be comfortable sleeping in strange places. Like, because she's not going to have a place to go immediately. Unless she took a ton of money with her, I guess she could be staying in hotels. But let's assume she all she had was money for that sad bus ticket, right? So in the interim between her getting money from Mitch for working the job, if she got the job day one or day one-ish, she'd have to be sleeping either in shelters or on benches and stuff. But that's why the Slayer thing is helpful because I think she would be less afraid to do that. So it's it, there's a chance she could be scrappy enough like that she, she made it through till she get And it sounded like the place that she was renting was week to week because the way that she said it so like it's paid weeks. up for the next three weeks yeah. which it could just be you know my lease is up for a month and it's only been a week so whatever but it sounded like it was could it be like a long stay at motel type of place could be that know? too it, I mean they do have really kitchens look. I mean it didn't yeah. look like it but I don't assume a sitcom is gonna like really go for I don't know it just makes it makes more sense in a sitcom to just be like ah, I got a place and mm-hmm. I have this but really it could just be a motel it could all be explained away and i think you're also thinking like this is hollywood that was a crappy apartment different times though call for different measures because how much was she really making at do we know the name of the restaurant no we don't so that's another let's just call it mitch's mitch's another unknown she was also <laughs> sexually assaulted mitch. at mitch's and if she was sexually assaulted just on the job anything else i don't do is peaches hate the counter sure you don't want me to work it off for you Hey, 
imagine what that place is like. It's yeah. probably terrible. Now, she can take care of herself, but other people, maybe not so yeah. much. Uh, she also eats canned food. We learned that this summer. Spaghetti maybe yes. she loves canned food, but she's super poor this year, doesn't have a mom, who we think takes care of her, but we can't <laughs> truly confirm that. She we also learned... eats SpaghettiOs year-round. Probably. Just on her bed, just sadly. <laughs> well, just even when she's living with Joyce, Joyce is like, there's SpaghettiOs in a cupboard, it'll be True. home in three days. <laughs> <laughs> Got to stay at the museum, art gallery. <laughs> That's true. Anne, we learned, is her middle name. Mm-hmm. That's some lore for all the fans out there looking for lore. There you go. She also gets hit by a truck. I've been hit by a truck twice. Uh, she God. was what? really hit by a truck. Oh yeah, I've been I've been hit just like her. This truck fucking what? hits me. Yeah, walking down the street, walking across the street, right? Oh Literally my God. Yep. I think that's it. Um, we learned she doesn't lock her door. All I could think is, what is Joss doing? What's Joss trying to say? Oh, I know what she's doing. Gabbing to all of her friends about her passionate affair with Pedro the Cabana boy, laughing about me thinking how she still might have feelings about me. Oh, it's possible you're talking about Buffy. It's possible. So not Folkland, actually L.A. Um, kind of infamously, if you will, has a huge homeless population. Skid Row is that thing that, I don't know, it, it just it's one of those things you hear, but you never think about the gravity behind it or that it actually represents something. Like Skid Row was a band even. Like it just, it's that a, a in some people's minds, like a, a metaphorical place that means bad, like a bad place you can end up. <laughs> but it actually is a 4.3 mile square mile area of downtown Los Angeles. It's about 50 blocks and it houses 60,000 residents, including about 5,000 kids. Uh, and that's just a, some of uh, LA County's homeless population. The official count um, that they had most recently in January was about 53,160. It is its own little, they even have like their own little guards and mm-hmm. patrols and stuff. And um, they really are doing the best that they can. They're trying to, to live and they get constantly harassed by the police. And um, it's a really dire situation. There's a group called the Inner City Law Center that actually does tours, walking tours of Skid Row so that people can see what it's actually like. And so, and it's just so crazy because it's downtown Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Like to have this huge uh, neighborhood with a ton of people in it just being there and then there being no solution. So a quick couple of stats. So five, yeah, 53,195 uh, number of people experiencing homelessness countywide in LA as of January, 2018. 6.2% of those people are under 18 years old. 9,322 people have been become homeless in the last year. Uh, 48 is the average life expectancy for homeless people in LA County versus the national average or state average of 80. And uh, about approximately 27% of the mental of the homeless population of LA County are uh, mentally ill or suffering from, from some kind of uh, mental disorder for lack of a better term. That's probably not right. Houseless people are more at risk for disease and unfor- like unsanitary hygiene conditions uh, and obviously more vulnerable groups like women and LGBTQ folks are more likely to experience violence um, or have harder times being homeless. It's like, it's really sad the way that we treat the homeless people in this country. Um, But luckily LA County is trying to do something about it. Uh, Measure H passed um, last year, I believe they raised the sale tax by 0.025%. So barely anything, but it manages to raise $3,355 million annually. And that's supposed to go for providing special case workers that specialize in health services, health and mental illness services. Um, They're developing bridge housing, which is kind of like halfway houses, but they have built-in mental health services and things like that. Um, Rapid rehousing, which involves rental leniencies and kind of like lower income housing so people can get into housing right away. Um, and support services like job training, substance abuse counseling, and mental health treatment. So that Measure H was just for that, to just work on that problem. Merrick, Merrick, Mayor Eric Garcetti is working on building an emergency shelters across multiple districts. Every district is supposed to be, have made at least 22, something like that, uh, emergency shelters to house people. Um, and there's things that people, just regular citizens, can do too. I know I'm talking about just LA currently because this... This episode, unbeknownst to us, was set in actual L.A., not Folkland. 
Um, so that's what I'm talking about this, but this is something that you can do pretty much anywhere. I mean, we live in Portland and we have one of the biggest homeless populations as well. So these are all applicable. Uh, people can volunteer, not just like at food banks on normal holidays, because that tends to be the, the most typical things we will go on Thanksgiving and Christmas to help serve food, which is great. Um, but there's other services that people need that they may not think about, like uh, tutoring or uh, like job placement skills, uh, even childcare sometimes, because there are a lot of homeless folks that have kids. And those services are super valuable, but unfortunately, not a lot of people give them out because they don't know about it or it's just not that common. Donating things, not just clothes and food, but also hygiene products and even small household goods. Because again, while it might not be an actual apartment or house, a lot of these people are living in structures, structures or shelters that they need things. You know, like you don't think about needing uh, a coffee like machine, like because well, like, where are you getting coffee from? But like even a percolator or something, because it's like these little comforts that you don't think that you need that shit, man. Like it makes your life so much better having these little things. Um, building an ADU on your property. So an accessory dwelling unit. California has gotten um, really lenient with this. People are able to build accessory dwelling units on their house, sometimes referred to as mother-in-law suites. In Hawaii, they're called ohanas. And it's actually been part of the tiny house thing. People are able to build tiny houses on their property as these accessory dwelling units. And the state of California is offering incentives up to $75,000 annually to build a, an accessory dwelling unit on our property and house a uh, formerly homeless person um, and help them to get off the street. Um, and the other biggest thing you can do is, is vote. Vote for affordable housing in your area. Boy, I'm glad we showed up for depressing night. Yeah, the population increased 46% between 2013 and 2017, I believe. Wow. Which is just... And insane. it was infamous before, going back to the 1970s and beyond. And 60,000 people. Forever. That's twice as big as Sunnydale. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Maybe it is sunny now. <laughs> and everyone Gosh. went crazy and then it was just like, we can't live in homes anymore because we're vampires. vampires. Oh my God. No, if only. It's not usually as in your face, which is why I was like, why do this this way? Not that it's wrong, but like, if you're going to fucking do it, do it. You know what I mean? Like, usually we're couching drug abuse and uh, uh, in magic or we're couching... Uh, I mean, in season six, do we... I mean, we kind of touch on a little bit of this right i mean aren't there ho- houses that she's in with the other magic oh yeah users or whatever housing, yeah. but those are like more those that's more pointed this one it it kind of feels like you like he walked up to the issue was like hey look at all these urban poor and uh, these young youths that are being discarded by the system anyways a hell of a mention <laughs> over here you know the, because this show well this show has not shied away from like seeing it to the end even if it's really really bad you know i just i woke up and i looked in the mirror and i thought hey what's with all the sin i need to change i'm i'm dirty i'm i'm bad with the sex and the envy and that that loud music us kids listen to nowadays Oh, I just suck it undercover. Where's Ken? I mean, is Ken sort of voicing a concern? I mean, he's definitely voicing a concern of Americans. Mm-hmm. You know, a vast majority of people saying that these places, why are you here? This isn't a good place to be. Right. But is Joss condoning that or is he commenting on it? You never know yeah. because it just kind of really goes to another place, literally. So I just drop it. Speaking of the hell dimension briefly, what the fuck are they producing in that foundry that is straight out of an 80s music video? Uh, oh, those demons, by the way. Not Ken himself, who looks a lot like uh, Kathy from Roommates, whatever. Oh my god, I can't remember mm-hmm. that episode. But season four, episode two, um, she takes her also takes her face off and looks very much like Ken does underneath. Anyway, uh, but the other demons, the ones that are much more... Um, like leather facey, look a lot like the scourge from Angel. Just throwing that out there. But what the fuck? What, what, what do you think they were doing in the foundry? What is the purpose of stealing these people? 1998, definitely making DVD players. <laughs> Cheap DVD players. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Right here in the USA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, just think about the production model. You know, you have slaves down there working 100 years of their life for just a day. How many DVD players could you make? I mean, and then all you got to do is just, boom. Just pop it up through that portal. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be able to sell a lot of them. That's probably why the, the price crashed. You know, there's just too many DVDs on the market, you know? Thanks, Hell Dimension. Yeah, way to God. go. God, jerks. Stacia brought up while we were watching that, like, if Ken is stealing how many people a day? At least, like, 10 or so? Yeah. Like, the math on it? 
Because it's just a day, right, in our time, but it's that long enough for them to all die, right? right? So you're taking a handful of people every day for 365 days. It's 11,000 people a year and nobody's noticing. <laughs> and then, like, not only that, but you've got all these, like, street kids that start going missing, but then a bunch of really old people that show up and die immediately. Right. Just, like, old bodies everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Like, and you would think people would be scared because... You're just, like, uh, tripping over them as you go to the grocery store. Exactly. <laughs> and Sunnydale would be like, this is normal, but... Yeah. You, know, you would think Folkland, LA, wherever, would be like, this is a problem. No. Because the Drano, or whatever, the drain cleaner, I'm sorry, yeah. um, was that supposed to be a ruse? That's why he died? Like, they're planning drain cleaner. Oh, do you think so, maybe? That's all I can assume. So, like, this dead body, when they find it, because they will... Drink drain cleaner. That's I assumed one. he just killed himself. Yeah, I thought he maybe Ooh, just I killed mean, that's himself. A good point. Yeah, that's like, a good point. I guess that's true. They just let him out at a hundred or whatever. They're yeah. just really old. Once he becomes useless die. to them. Yeah, that's And fair. then he's like And then he can't go back to her because he's doesn't so even like remember her, right? Isn't yeah. he just like crazy at that point? I'm not sure. Because I'm pretty sure he's the one that shambles across the street and Buffy ends up getting hit by the car. I'm like 90% sure. That's not what you said when we watched it. You were like, no, that's absolutely him. I know, but then you made me doubt myself a little. That's why only 90 and not 100 anyway. Who are you? No one. Who are you? I'm Buffy. The vampire slayer, and you are? Is not having fun here? Follow me. Someone asks him, and he says, I am no one. And then, right. well, then that's what they were trying him to do. He, that's definitely him. Yeah. 100%. I mean, at least one of them. Yeah. Yeah. That, I'm not convinced it's him, though. I yeah. think it is. Because she finds him later. Otherwise, why would you? Well, because I think that's what it is. He think he was trying to kill himself by getting hit by a car. Buffy pushed him out of the way, so he just drank drink cleaner instead. That's a good point. And I think, honestly, the, the quality is so bad that there's no way we could go back and look at their faces and can definitively say, this is the same person. Because yeah. there's no way to tell. I remember watching this on Netflix um, when the, when Netflix first got it. And this, the quality definitely improved in season three. It really brightened up. But for some reason, Hulu is doing the OG, not great quality to the bitter end uh, because it is not any brighter, really. So, you know, we'll never know. I mean, yeah. we'll just never know. That's right, big boy. Come and get it. Okay, well... I think we pretty much wrapped it up. Let's uh, yell about some stuff. This episode's worth yelling about. Stacia, go first. My favorite line of the entire episode is, if I was blind, I would see you. <laughs> oh, Angel, the very beginning. Nice. Creepy. Mm-hmm. Hated all of that. That was the high moment, and it all went downhill from there. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, the two best moments on the show, speaking of best moments, are when Oz throws the stake and says... And it missed, and that never really works. Fantastic. And when Chantrell, Lily, and Sunshine pushes Ken off of the, the ledge. Yeah, that's And he just falls down. That was <laughs> that great. Was fun. Those are my two favorite moments, because it was a very self-aware show at that point, and I enjoyed that. One of my favorite, this is not yelling, but one of my favorite lines in the whole show is when Oz says, Willow's like, remember supposed to go to summer school? And she's like, yeah, remember when I didn't go? Just that. Just remember when I didn't go? <laughs> I don't know why I love that so much. Because uh, they're adorable. Lily says, I never thanked you for saving my life, a la Xander and Buffy, kind of, and then just doesn't. That's it. Just brings it up and never actually says thank you. It's true. Uh, Buffy's white bangs begin to make their appearance. Buffy with the new hair. I mean, talking about bangs, though, Lily, those oh, yeah. bangs are enormous. Yeah. Do you want to pay for me to go to a basement rave? No, I don't. No. <laughs> No, don't she draw. Although she does go ahead and be like, I'll actually I'll give you money as long as I don't have to go to the basement rave. But if they went to the basement pay. rave, wouldn't they have been more safe? Yeah, true. Maybe they wouldn't have ended up in the hell dimension. Stacia. It's true. Um, Xander, when he says poop the party. Look, I don't mean to poop the party here. It's just, you get your hopes all up and then it's just a big fat raspberry and I feel bad. I he poops you? every party. Fair enough. <laughs> I've used those laser guns that Giles has when he's checking out oh, the, books. the books. Oh, does he Yeah. They were like they were a big thing before like you could do stuff with phones. Before phones were like a thing. You, those those would be really expensive to like organize your like small business or whatever. You could inventory all that stuff. Huh. Yeah. I thought about back in the day when I was selling books, uh, to do that, just to like keep an inventory of all, all the books I had or whatever, but they were expensive. But like at the libraries that I like did 
archiving at or whatever it was fun to use them but they were terrible you know nowadays nowadays you point your phone at some fucking like you know crazy barcode and it'll get it at whatever angle you're at that thing was just nope never gonna okay (laughs) and then you have to you have to input it eventually well that makes that continuous shot even more impressive because you get to on the first little guy yes because truly they were inventorying those books and it wasn't acting at all that was actually checking out books for Allison Hannigan that was real that was a real take (laughs) When he said, you'll really enjoy that, he wasn't lying. She really checked out a book that Rupert... Bye, Allison. Rupert, uh, nope, Rupert Giles is his name, right? Mm-hmm. What Anthony, Anthony Stewart, Stewart had <laughs> really liked. Yeah, it's true. Because it's a working library as well as a uh, TV set. I'll call you and check up on you. Yeah, Buffy's never calling Anne ever again in her life. Why? Why? It's like Anne ever her? again. Just pretending to be friends, not really friends. Not friends. How does Ken, uh, handing out flyers, feel in any way confident that he has met everyone because he says to Buffy that she looks new around here. And obviously it's because she has that look, but he's implying that he has seen her or seen, he, he says something later on, like I've seen you before or whatever. There's an implication that he knows everyone in this town and she, he's never met her before. So it can't really be Oakland because Oakland in 1998 had a population of 365,762. If he were to meet one person every single day, starting on September 29th, 1998, he would not meet every single person until March 2nd in the year 3000. So he's a liar. It would take him 1,002 years to meet everybody. And that's not even... People are coming to Oakland constantly. So this motherfucker is not meeting them because the population's even more now. So I call foul. And if this were in LA, then that case is even just move that date up way higher. That motherfucker has no idea who's in this town. He is spouting some nonsense. But yet, he's got a whole army making DVDs down in the Hell Dimension. Where did he even get those people? It is mind-boggling what is even happening in this country in 1998. And finally, two two shout-outs. Number one is to Sarah Michelle Gellar, stuntwoman. Did the heavy lifting in this episode. Oh, she must have been the most comfortable she's ever been. She just had to wear sweatpants and a sweatshirt for the first time ever. Must have been great. And had... And then Sarah got to do the crazy iconic holding the weapons shot from the theme song, which was awesome. Daniel, do you know what that axe is called? Oh, I could never guess. It's years. called the Hunga Munga. And you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> We're a real podcast. Just real quick to throw it out there. You can find us at Beat Me Pod everywhere. That's Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook. Um, we also have Spotify playlists if you're interested. Beat Me hyphen Fun Time playlist for podcast fans. Season three. That's going to have all the music that's been on the show thus far, as well as, I don't know, one upon, once upon a time we had robots and they talked about stuff, and if they ever do talk about stuff again, songs that they mention will be on that playlist too. So, Do you know who sings in the bronze? It's, yeah, it's called Belly Love. Belly Love. Yeah. Yikes. Duh. 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 Yeah. One lesbian and a girl with a very tiny shirt. Um, well, traditionally, you know, repeating a grade isn't exactly a turn-on. All right. Let's rank this sucker. So Willow Hacks has evolved just a tiny bit. I kept it in because we do still do computer stuff, but we're also adding witchy stuff. So Willow Hacks slash we talk about the net slash Willow does witchy stuff. It gets a five. None of that shit happened in this That's episode. That's going to spiral out quickly, though, no, when I she like actually it. starts doing that. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, we're in for a great episode that time, No, I but guess. then it becomes a level of magic. Like, right, you yeah. know, doing little tiny spills. Can't stress enough, I get to do whatever I want during this part. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> this is just a way to manipulate the points. Okay, that's true, gotcha. that's true. Joyce gets a two. Yes. No. One point. Blood, really. One point for her plum light hoodie. I loved that look. That's my favorite Joyce look I've ever seen on the show. Just a simple silver necklace on a plum Hoodie, she looked great. You can't take that away from her. I do. And one point for being sad that Buffy was gone. She's not sad. Who cares? She's the reason Buffy's gone. Two points. I want to direct you to the last episode of season two. Two points. Giles gets an eight. Even though we don't get to see him that much in this episode, which is basically... I know, but why we did see him is wearing a three-piece tweed suit. I mean... Sure, he was. And he left to find Buffy nine times. Like, he's being Giles. That is adorable. Monster of the Week, Ken is the creepiest person that's ever lived. We also see him on an episode of Angel and an episode of Firefly, that, that actor. Uh, and the face under the face was pretty cool. Like, the prosthetics of it looked good. I mean, uh, they did the cop-out thing where they didn't actually show him tearing his face off. He was just, like, in the corner and then, like, oh, no, I have another face. A little bit of glue coming off. Uh-huh. Yeah, but just the idea of somebody's, like, when we were watching it and say, she was like, so we had a face on his face, face and then a face. 
<laughs> yeah. So I was like, so he's a human pretending to be a demon, pretending to be a human. <laughs> Layers. So that was pretty cool. Deep. This is Shakespearean uh, stuff right here. Incredible. Um, I like her first foray into uh, Hell Dimension. So I thought that was all pretty neat. So I gave it a seven. Uh, the CG pool is awful, though. Mm. And relationship. Uh, everything's fractured because Buffy's gone, but our friends are still... I mean, Xander and Cordelia are as Xander and Cordelia as ever. Willow and Oz are adorable. Yeah. Um, you know, Giles, Giles is, is doing Giles. Giles being Giles, so they can't really take that away from them. Well, they're all doing it, too. They're all fighting, mm-hmm. you know, the, the good fight. They're, they're doing their best. Yeah. I love it. But uh, I only gave it a seven because we're still, you know, things are not perfect no. in Sunnydale. Uh, and episode-specific, never put on the cult robes. Three of ten. That gives it a total of 32 for the episode. Mm. Obviously, it's going to be number one of one for the season, but uh, pretty low based on my rankings of the past. For example, Bad Eggs and Ted got 28s both last season, so 32 is not exactly high. So I'm not making that school hard mistake that I was ever really stoked about seeing Anne, but hey, Faith, Hope, and Trick is on the way, and I'm ready to outrank the shit out of that guy for no reason, so... Sasha? Well, you put a one of one. That's a little high. (laughs) One of one is high. I am going to rank this episode 24 out of 35. Okay. That what, seems fair. What's above and below it? Um, above it is Bad Eggs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And below it is Teacher's Pet. Okay. All right. That's fair. That seems okay. <laughs> it does seem... That does seem okay. I mean, the Bad Eggs were... Well, was never okay before, but, you know, I've come to, I've come to accept it. Uh, I'm going at 103. Number 103. This episode sucks. Out of 135, right? Out of 137. Damn it. Why? 135? Where did I pull that from? I feel like you've picked 103 like five times now. I don't think so. I think Have I, you? Could that I happen? I checked. It can happen. It happened three times. Four times, actually, last year. Did you listen to our final episode, either one of you? I did. <laughs> I did. Did you? I did. Did you listen to the ending? I thought it was fun. Yeah. When you guys were laughing, and then yeah. I intercut with Willow. I'm going to listen to this. I've just been stuck on porno. It's really hard. To like, like... Okay. Well, that's going in oh. outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. My dad wrote a porno. Uh, too late. Too late. Too late. Too late. <laughs> that's it. definitely good. I've on. just been watching so much porn. <laughs> I can't listen to this podcast. There's no time. <laughs> Got a huge cue I have to get through. Oh, man. <laughs> you really, what do you call it? You should yeah. just use that as a cold open. Just have her say that. And <laughs> then... up, up. <laughs> <laughs> oh I mean, it's 100% being used. I just don't know where. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, 103. A possibly already taken 103. Hello, lover. I don't have time for you. Well, that's it. Anna's in the books. Um, thank you so much for listening. We hope you stick around for next week. We'll be back on October 6th for Dead Man's Party. So everybody... I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Grab your masks. Put them on. Let's start a party. Jump about. <laughs> That's the lyrics. Jump about. <laughs> party <laughs> time. About. Party time. Get your laser eyes out. Laser. Laser. Say say goodbye. Goodbye. Daniel, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. That's how we end it, right? It seems like you're like telling us what to do. Huh? I tell you to say hello. But we try not to get killed. That's part of our whole mission statement. Don't get killed. <laughs>